What is up, people? And thank you so much for listening in to this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart. We got a great show lined up for you guys today. We got a lot of DC content coming to you guys. Um, a lot of stuff regarding um, what we may be seeing in the future uh, with one of its one of Warner Brothers' biggest stars that we didn't know really would ever be coming back. But with all the Zack Snyder Snyder cut momentum, we may be seeing one of. Uh, Zack Snyder's biggest stars make a return to DC Warner Brothers movie, so we'll discuss that. Um, and then a lot of this DC stuff we have today also is some revisionist history, and and in some degree, I think some of it actually is linked towards uh, Warner Brothers' future. Uh, one of the directors from a recent DC movie, I I want to be careful how I say this, but I mean she went out. Let's say she went after <laughs> um, a popular YouTuber, um, uh, displayed support for another director that quite surprised me. So I want to discuss that on this show. I think that's going to be a very interesting conversation. And uh, another uh, DC director, Patty Jenkins, talked about an interesting proposal, uh, proposition she was given that she turned down. We'll talk about what that was and whether or not we would be better off if she had actually accepted that offer. So we got a great show for you guys. We got some Spider-Man news late in the show. Um, this, today's show is going to be a... Uh, recap at the end of the season premiere of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. This is the last season. This is season seven, guys, right? Season seven? Yes. Yep. Seven of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, you guys listen to this podcast. You know we are huge fans of this show. Um, we're not the podcast to listen to. We think we think this show is trash. We, we love this show. And to be honest, if you love this stuff, I don't know how you can't love Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So um, I'm glad they're back. I'm glad this is, you know, sad this is the last run. But I'm, I'm glad that we're back talking about Agents. So that'll be at the end of the show. Joining me are my co-hosts, starting with Shamari Stewart, not Sham. Um, me and Kendall got to talk about it a little bit on Thursday. Not necessarily the protests that have been happening, but obviously, you know, the death of George Floyd. Um, and what we saw this weekend was very difficult to stomach. Um, obviously, what we saw in George Floyd's death was tragic and um, it just goes to show kind of just where we are as a country when it comes to racism and uh, police brutality and how far we got to go. And I think we've seen a lot of that rage um, spiral out, you know, in the peaceful protests that we've seen. I think some of the stuff we've seen that's happening at night, that seems to be other stuff that people may be using uh, to be opportunistic. But uh, me and Kendall kind of set our piece a little bit on this. Uh, I want to give you anything you want to say quickly about uh about what's happening in this country before we continue um well i mean just you know personally with regards to what's happening um you know i i mean i think this is just a reaction to um i mean look just to to keep it real in terms of my personal opinions i think it's just a reaction to um how uh, you know, black people have been treated in this country. So I think it's it's something that uh, that was a long time coming, and this is the result of that. It's very emotionally draining um, on all of us, I'm sure, uh, especially any mi- any minority person in the country right now. Um, so uh, so yeah, I mean it's it's unfortunate. No one no one wanted this to happen, but at the same time, no one wanted uh, anybody to die at the hands of police. So but, um, you know, it is it is what it is. Um, we're going to try to we have to try to make our voices heard somehow. Uh, so, you know, I know we don't exactly cover that kind of news on this show, but 
but I mean, that's how I feel about it. And, you know, we'll try to, um, you know, we'll try to continue on doing our shows. I know I'm going to continue trying to do my show as well with the Star Wars news as well, keeping you guys updated on that. So, um, you know, we'll continue, of course, trying to keep keep you guys informed with all the all the news and all content going on. Yeah, for sure, man. And I think that, you know, uh, obviously very well said. Um, I think that, you know, some people may say, you know, is this the time to be talking about, you know, some of this fun stuff we like to talk about? I'd argue it is. You know, I think that people look for an escape. I think uh, I personally look for an escape. So I think you guys probably look for an escape from what's been kind of the darkness of these past three, four months, I guess, since this coronavirus pandemic even started. So I'm hoping that for our audience, um, we can give that to you guys, you know, and, and, and while things may feel bleak and may, things may, may seem rough right now. Uh, we're going to have some fun. The fun times are going to roll, and we're going to have a, a great show today. So let's, uh, uh, first, before we kind of continue, I want to get Kendall's, uh, Kendall in here real quick, because Kendall's joining me as well. Kendall, some good news that we did get uh, outside of the, you know, outside of the, of the, obviously the negative stuff we saw all weekend, but from the comic book world, um, the Batman is back filming. Uh, they, they, they resumed in the UK, so I don't know what that's going to mean in terms of uh, you know whether or not they'll be able to continue filming because we don't really know exactly how you know this coronavirus pandemic is going to go, let alone in the U.S. how it's going to go in the U.K. But the fact that they are back at work uh, gives us hope that maybe we can see this movie on time. Um, but what did you make uh, of that uh, of that news as well? Yeah, I mean that's that's uh, not only for the Batman, but that's just a good sign, obviously, for all. Uh, you know, content you know that that's film based, whether it be television or uh, streaming or you know films, uh, you know theatrical releases. These eventually production will will start to uh, happen in a safe way. Whatever guidelines they need to follow, they will follow. But um, you know, it'll be interesting to see uh, the production of all these things start to come back if and when that happens whether it be the batman but you know um you know shang chi and falcon winter soldier and wandavision and all these different things that have been kind of happening but you know had to at the halt eventually they'll pick back up you know so i that's that's going to be the the, inter- the interesting thing to follow but still the biggest thing i'm following in the in the movie industry is just what's going to happen with the 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 short term in the short term you know because the batman Warner Brothers isn't worried about the Batman, you know, like as important as important as that movie, as important as that movie seems right now, they're just worried about getting Tenet out. <laughs> they're worried about getting uh, Wonder Woman out. Those are their two pillar movies right now. And I mean, we don't, still don't know if they're coming out in 2020. Um, as of right now, things are looking better than they looked maybe, you know, a couple months ago in terms of that. But and I wouldn't even say better in terms of like, you know. From a health wise, but just they may just put it out anyway. The, the, the but, momentum and the motivation seems to be in that direction. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. So, um, so like that. So you know, there's a better chance probably that this movie comes out now than I would have said maybe a couple of weeks ago. But things can flip on its head in a day. So, um, it's still very, very still going to follow that situation very, very closely because. If those movies get pushed back to next year, then the Batman gets pushed back probably a year, you know, or five, six months. And that's not something that 
anybody really wants to see, but it may end up being the the eventual outcome. Yeah, and you, you know, we talked a little bit about on the show about how Tenant has kind of been looked at as the uh, pretty much, you know, for lack of a better term, the tent pole for how all this stuff is going to go down. And you yeah, know, if Tenant, you know, happens, uh, what how it does because could definitely um, shape what we see moving forward. If it doesn't come out, how that's gonna you know, kind of push everything else back. Cause that's if that movie doesn't come out, yeah, Black Widow's not coming out. Yeah, it's going to be a, a mess moving forward. So, so yeah, man, it's going to be, it is going to be interesting to see what happens, but it is good news that the Batman is uh, back to work. Um, <laughs> I know we, we were kind of done with the protest, but I feel like I do got to quickly mention, did you guys see the video of the guy in the Batman cosplay who was out? Yeah, they got a guy, protest. Batman, guy, Joker out yeah. there. Yeah, Batman, yeah. Joker. Dancing around. We got some sick people out here, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it got to be said. Um, I know some people have t- taken it and said this is kind of funny in the context of what's happening. I, I couldn't find that funny. And we, we we love cosplayers. We love comic, comic right. stuff. So um, thinking about the Batman kind of just reminded me of that. Cosplayers don't don't go out there and protest trying to you know get get your photo op on. It's not it's yeah. not cool. It's not it <laughs> like it's, it's it was a corny look. Right, and even if, it, even if it's harmless, even if you don't mean to cause any harm or cause any pain, there's too much pain out there for you to try yeah. and be doing that. I mean, I, I got, likes. stop it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I got a laugh out of it, but it, the message, like it, 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 it wasn't necessary. You know, no. obviously, it wasn't necessary. The guy walking around as a Joker was just like he's just making a, a mockery of the situation. Like so there are certain times where jokes aren't necessary. Um, but I don't know. Cosplay, you know, man, I, yo, like y'all, I would love to see the stuff y'all y'all could make some. Like a lot of these people during the COVID crisis, they've been making incredible stuff. And you know, we need to shout out this one guy, man. I don't think I've seen this one guy's making an Iron Man suit. Yeah, guy got the Iron Man. Yeah, you saw, you seen that guy, right? He's he's using yeah. the, the the COVID nineteen crisis to say, you know, what? I'm just gonna make an Iron Man suit, and he's gotten a far away. Yeah, he's he's making the Mark One. I got I, I don't have my phone on me, so I'm kind of tight. I, I was wondering if I would need it. Now I realize I need it. But there's a guy on Instagram. Just look him up. You can Google him. You you'll find him. He he's he's making the Mark One Iron Man suit. Like, and I'm not talking about just like a cosplay. Like he's trying to get like all the bells and whistles that come with it. Now, obviously, yeah, functional suit. Yeah, no, and obviously there's some danger next to that because it's like, all right, well, he's gonna be out shooting people and stuff. We don't want him doing that, but. You know, like he's gotten a long way. Like he's gotten some of the, you know, the the suit to be able to like come off and come on through remote. He's gotten some rockets to work. Like he's, he, I've been following his progress. That's cool stuff. I love to see that. Um, that's not a guy who's out, you know, trying to take advantage of you know people's pain. You know, he's just he's seeing what's happening and saying, well, you know what? Let me try to bring some joy in my inside my own home by kind of just making something and seeing oh. show documenting it. You know. That's stuff that we'd love to see, and shout out to that dude for sure, who uh, was out, was yeah. out, um, who was out, uh, who's been doing that. His 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 progress has been incredible. Yeah, and uh, also shout out to NASA, SpaceX getting to the uh, getting to the space station safely. You know that Word. was an interesting, you know, Word. interesting journey. Um, you know, but it's been a, it's been a long time, you know, since. You know, we've had any types of launches like that, and the first from a commercial from a commercial rocket. So uh, that was also fascinating to see. So, um, but obviously, you know, all this stuff still going to be overshadowed uh, 
rightfully by the stuff that's been uh been happening across the country and you know the, obviously the George Floyd situation. No doubt, no doubt. But let's uh let's get to the rest of the show. So let's talk about um this this big news. I think it was a bombshell for a lot of people. I wasn't too surprised when I heard it just because of kind of the what feels like this uh just unbelievable momentum behind Zack Snyder and anything he was attached to during his time with Warner Brothers. Uh, but we learned this week that well, Warner Brothers is reportedly in discussion to have Henry Cavill reprise his role as Clark Kent, Kal-El, Superman, according to Deadline. Um, it would not be for another Superman movie, is what we're hearing, at least not another Man of Steel movie or any kind of sequel, or any movie DC movie that has already been written, meaning... Um, you're not going to see him appear in Batman. You're not going to see him in Black Adam. You're not going to see him in The Flash, quote-unquote, if we ever see that movie. Um, but it could be something maybe beyond that. A lot of people are kind of pointing to Shazam 2 since he had the fake cameo in Shazam 1. It wasn't actually Cavill. It was just you know that little Superman they thing they did at the end. Uh, now the Hollywood Reporter is saying that these talks are rather one-sided since Cavill apparently hasn't been approached and discussed this at all with Warner Brothers about the opportunity, but that there are people at Warner Brothers who are indeed interested in having him make some kind of cameo, make some kind of appearance in another DC movie as Superman. So I'll toss this to Sham first. Um, when we did our first video talking about how to fix DC, you know, you're a Cavill guy and you're a Snyder guy. I think when I said they had to fire Snyder, I think you kind of bit the, bit the bullet and said... I can live with that. You did not agree with me when I said that they should fire Cavill. Something happened where they weren't together and Cavill is no longer making movies. Uh, you've been a fan of Cavill. It seems like maybe they're trying to get him back in the fold. Would you support him returning as Superman in some kind of cameo appearance or maybe even as a side character in a future DC movie? Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, you already know. I'm not, I don't, I'm not anti-Cavill. You know, I thought he was good in, um, um, you know, I thought he was great in Man of Steel. Um, I mean, BVS, I mean, I think the issue, I don't think Cavill was a problem with BVS. And, um, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I just, I think he's very talented. I liked him in The Witcher also. Um, Did you watch I Mission mean, Impossible? I didn't, but I heard it was good in Mission Impossible. Yeah, I got um, But... Yeah, I don't know. I think he's just. I think it would just be a benefit, especially now because we're, we're, um, and especially if the Justice League, you know, the the Snyder cut is good, is a good movie. Then especially, I think it w- it would. I think it would benefit. I didn't think he was a bad Superman, so I would one hundred percent be in favor of him showing up, you know, and possibly even getting. I know. There's rumors and whispers out there of Abrams making another Man of Steel or Abrams heading a Superman movie with Henry Cavill. I wouldn't be opposed. I am 100% in favor of of bringing him back on board. Um, I mean, anyone they recast as Superman because they eventually have to recast Superman. Um, I mean, I'm gonna be like, all right, let's see, let's see how they do. You know, I'm gonna be, you know, kind of looking at them like, you know, I'm gonna be skeptical, but. Um, but yeah, I, I'd be in favor of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, Cavill, Cavill's stock is higher now than it was when Justice League and Batman v Superman were coming out. Um, definitely. 
you know, and that's something that can't be ignored. And, you know, I, I feel like we're talking about we're talking about a movie that or a character rather that while it had movies that were not great, um, none of them were great. Some you could say were solid. Some you could say were bad. But uh, we're talking about, you know, a character uh, that I don't think, I mean, I know EJ, you know, was not the biggest fan of Cavill initially. Um, but I don't think that Cavill as Superman was the biggest issue with a lot of these situations. And bring, bring Cavill back, um, I just think it would have been, I think it's going to be hard whenever, whenever we get to the time where we're going to have to recast Superman. Um, I don't know how easy that's going to be, especially when you're talking about a guy in Cavill that, again, is, a, is one of the bigger names, one of the hotter names out there in Hollywood. You know, it's like, it's like you have, like, a quarterback who, like... On the come-up. Yeah, you have a quarterback on the come-up. And it's like, well, do we want to... We thought we were going to, you know, sign some guy in free agency. But you realize, well, the guy we have is actually better than all of the free agents out there. So why would we go out and sign a free agent? We would just do it because we weren't winning games. You know, like, if he wasn't necessarily the problem, maybe you can keep him and maybe try to do something around him to maybe win games. So... I like this idea. I think having Superman as like a Hulk type character has always kind of been a good idea. You know, like Superman's stories in and of himself haven't always been the best thing. You know, like obviously the original Superman movies very good for the most part. Um, but when you talk about like like Superman the animated series, for example, I mean I I like the show. I think it's a very good show, but it's not Batman the animated series. You know, and a lot of people kind of forget about that show. It's not even Batman Beyond. Well, you already should controversial That's not controversial. Oh, controversial <laughs> thing. Not, not even Batman no. Beyond. I'm not even Spider Man Unlimited. <laughs> relax. Relax. Come on now. Don't be disrespectful. No, I agree, I agree with Shamari. Batman Beyond is better than Superman animated series. I don't think nope. that's, that's close. Me. I, you know, we'll have that debate. But I think they're Kendall's Kendall's going to bat for Superman. Yeah, yeah, it's against my point. But (laughs) you know, but I you know, I definitely feel like that show I think it was solid. But uh my point my point is that, you know, Superman, like his stories typically aren't the best anyway. We've kind of seen a lot of them to begin with. We've got a Superman show now. We already have Supergirl, which is essentially a Superman show. So I don't know if I need to see another Superman movie when they haven't really been that great in recent years. Yeah, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be seeing better Superman stories in Justice League. Yeah. Justice League Unlimited yeah. than, than, than I even remember well, Superman the Animated Series. Fair enough, man. You don't remember <laughs> the episode of Livewire? <laughs> <laughs> no, but when you talk about... And Shamari brings up the point that I was going to make. Shamari talks about Justice League Unlimited. I think there's a lot of potential for Superman and Henry Cavill in a Shazam sequel. And if we could possibly... Like, Anyone out there that hasn't seen the Just League Unlimited episode uh, where Superman fights Shazam, it's one of the best animated superhero episodes I've ever seen. And, you know, it's a long time since I've seen it. I may have to rewatch it. You know, shout out DC Universe. But it's an excellent episode. And that gives me a lot of, it piques my interest that, oh, could we possibly see something like that in, in in a Shazam sequel? Um, 
I think the black I think Black Adam makes the most sense to me. You know, I know they they may have already they may already have yeah. plans for it. Yeah. It sounds like that movie is a little jam packed with a lot of you know DC characters already. And Justice League Light. Yeah. yeah, it's Justice League Light. So it's like, all right, now you throw in Superman. How does this make any sense? <laughs> so so I get why they're not going to do it. But from a marketing standpoint, Superman versus The Rock sells. That's a billion dollar movie, easy. Nice. So yeah, so I mean, I can see why that would certainly be under consideration, but. You know, I guess like you know, you guys mentioned the, the 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 amount of characters in that movie doesn't make sense. So I don't know. I think this is a good idea. I don't necessarily need to see him in Aquaman too, but it's whatever. Um, but I think Cavill as a Hulk like character is a good move, and it's a win for DC. Yes, yeah, I saw some. I saw a headline that said that you know perhaps Cavill Superman could even be used as a Nick Fury type character. Um, I don't know about how I feel about that. I don't know if. Him feel having, yeah, him having that kind of because Fury has a lot of inf- influence. Working in the shadow every once in a blue moon. Well, I don't like, know. I don't. Th- I don't think it's him working in the shadows per se. It's just the idea that like, like he's not necessarily like Nick Fury doesn't have his own movie, but he plays you know very important roles in other movies, and he he's in a lot of stuff, and he's used in various ways. He kind of be. I was uh, Martian Manhunter and the Watchtower and Justice League just kind of coordinating everybody. Right. Yeah, I don't think I don't I don't think they mean in that. I think it's more in how Fury is used as another as a supporting character for other major movies. I don't think that works. I think Superman is way he takes up way too much oxygen in the room. I don't think that you could credibly have a Shazam movie and Superman as a supporting character. That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I don't think you could have. Uh, a Green Lantern movie and Superman's a supporting character. I, to me, he, he how like Superman's in the marquee. Like he's Superman. He is probably the, still the most recognizable superhero of any superhero in the world. So I don't know. I don't necessarily agree with that notion. I do get this idea that here's what I'll say. I think and this is going to surprise people. I got to take a step back. You know, obviously I didn't realize we'd have this chaos in the country that we're having right now. Um, but when I heard about the Snyder Cut stuff after we did our show, one of the first movies I watched besides Uncut Gems, which is amazing, by the way, um, during uh, my off days, yes, I guess I finally saw it. It was great. <laughs> um, one of the movies I made sure I wanted to see was BVS. Um, well, I wanted to find Justice League and I couldn't, uh, which I think I may have told you guys about. But I wanted to watch some something from Snyder that was DC. So the next closest thing was BVS. So I watched BVS on the first night we had... No, this wasn't HBO. I don't think this was HBO. The first day we had HBO Max. Um, one of these days I watched uh, BVS. I gotta admit, Cavill... And I think I remember saying this when we did our review of it. Cavill is way better in that movie to me than he was in Man of Steel. At least how I remember him. Um, really? Facts. Way better in my opinion. I thought he had way more character. I thought he had way more... Um, he seemed way more, and maybe maybe this was supposed to be the growth of him, but it just felt like the Kal-El person seemed way more comfortable in his own skin in a way mm-hmm. that didn't, that in the first movie, to me, made him come across like emotionally empty. Mm-hmm. Maybe people didn't like that he was so angry, but... The fact that he had any kind of emotion and that he conveyed it so well, I thought his acting was great. Like I was like watching this one. Like again, I'm not. I'm. I'll, let me preface this by saying that movie is terrible. <laughs> I haven't watched it again. It is. It is rough. It is a rough watch. 
So I'm let me let me not. This is not a. I'm giving this movie a bunch of props. Um, what I did say though was I did feel like there were things Zach was trying to do in that movie that like watching it again, I kind of see and say, okay, I can see what he was trying to do. He just didn't execute quite well. Um, but I thought Cavill was was really good. I thought the acting. I thought the acting overall was actually pretty good between him and 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 Ben Affleck. So when I watched that, I was like, "What, what we get? If they're, if they're embracing Snyder again and they're bringing this Snyder cut back, and Cavill has become a much bigger star than he was even when he was doing Superman, why the hell not? Why not have him be Superman again? Why not do a Superman movie at this point? I mean, I know I was the guy that, that I know that's crazy. I know I was the guy that said fire oh. Cavill. And and I believed it at the time, and I I think it was the right move that when they did move on from him, but I think the momentum has shifted now, and I think that they've the the big issue I had was that DC had such, like I said, the brand of their movies was just so terrible, that their branding in their film department was so awful. It just needed a complete reshake, and I think by him kind of being out of sight, out of mind all these years in DC, I think doing an excellent job under Walter Hamada of shifting the focus and kind of shifting the narrative around DC movies. I'm not saying it needs to be done in two years. I'm not saying it should be even done in four years, maybe. But do I do I say, hey, maybe you should start maybe coming up with what you could do for with Cavill with a different direction? Let's just pretend Zack Snyder movies aren't canon, but we have him as Superman. I could live with that. I really could. And so, now I didn't. Now to be fair, I didn't watch Justice League. I don't know. I, I don't remember what I thought about him from Justice League because it's been so long. Um, but I, I I enjoyed his portrayal of Superman at NBVS. I cannot lie about that. So my thing is, why the hell not? All the momentum. So, so is my in question. That direction. So my question for you, EJ, is: Yeah, how do you feel about the person that says? You know, and this sounds like something you may have said. You know, a couple weeks ago. You may have even said last week, all right, I'm Walter Amada. I've got this ship kind of going in a great direction. We've moved past Cavill. We've moved past Snyder. Moved past Affleck. We've got the ship going in a great direction. And because of a couple fans, not a couple fans, Jeez. but <laughs> because right, of a couple Yahoo's out there, who do you know? Yeah, I was gonna say let's not let's not not today, Kendall. Not in this not in this day and age. <laughs> talking about a couple people. Let's not do but, that. But <laughs> let's not do that. So so because they were the largest section of people that really wanted the Snyder Cut out there, Warner Brothers is now gonna change the flip the whole portfolio to now we're gonna go back to where we were. Back to where we started. It's a that's a very fair question. Here's how I'll answer that. Because you're right. Like I would have been. One of, I was. I was making the case that that's why they shouldn't bring that. They. Sh- I, I would not do a Snyder cut if I was from the perspective of Walter Hamada or these people um, that are directing DC movies right now. Here's what I'll say about this thing I said, which again surprised you guys, probably surprising some of my viewers or listeners. I think the difference is. I have faith now in what DC has been doing that I don't look to me. It's like, it's like when you have a play, it's like when you have a team and you have an infrastructure, you have a coach and you have a front office and you have your star player and you realize y'all ain't making the playoffs. You guys keep underachieving every year and trying to figure out what to do, what to do. And a lot of people say, you know, a lot of times it's just best to clean house. Um, but what may happen is you may end up, going to uh, fire the coach, fire the general manager, which is essentially what DC did, 
But then maybe you put in, and maybe that star player gets hurt. Let's say he misses a season. Like, he misses, he's out for the season next year, so you can't even get rid of him. Uh, but then you bring in a new coach, you bring in a new general man, and all of a sudden, you guys are starting to win games. All of a sudden, the Colts are starting to change. All of a sudden, there's there's the kind of brightness in the future. And then you look at that asset you had as in that star player, and you're saying, wow, well, what, with what we've kind of created, maybe this this asset could work great to get us to the next level with this new infrastructure. What we had before was broken, clearly. And we thought maybe he was part of the problem. But now that we've kind of gotten a handle of some of this stuff, maybe it's smart to say, let's incorporate him forward. This is not going to be about Henry Cavill's DC universe. We're still going to, it's still going to be centered around Gal Gadot. It's still going to be centered around um, the other projects that Walter Hamada and the people at DC are kind of pushing. But can Cavill as Superman be a part of that? Yeah, I think that you should use him. I think I would say that's why that's that's the way I look at it. To me, is why when you have this great talent, would you just get rid of him when people like him? And the problems that seem to to that seem to be part of the the equation are no longer really part of the equation. So you keep everybody one from a PR standpoint, you kind of keep everybody happy. Maybe the people like me who did not like him in those other movies, maybe you're not keeping the people like me happy. I, I'll admit that. But but the Snyder Cup people are happy. The people who know that Zack Snyder is not doing these future Superman movies are happy. I think everyone kind of wins in that scenario. So I could see why trying something like that would make sense. But that's just me. Look, I mean, um, you know, you, you give Aquaman to James Wan and look what we got. You know what happens when you give Superman to James Wan? I'm not saying we give, I'm not saying we give a Wan the Wan uh, the Wan DC universe, yeah, yeah. the 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 Wan verse, like the Snyder verse yeah. or anything like that. But I'm just saying, like, Juan if you give the Russo brothers of DC. <laughs> but I'm just, well, hey, you know, let's see, let's see what happens. But honestly, though, like, you know, maybe and but pretty, you, you guys know, I like Man of Steel. I thought Man of Steel was a, a great movie, personally. I, I like Man of Steel. I'm upset that it's not on HBO Max right now. I'll be watching that joint tonight. <laughs> but, you know, if I wouldn't be opposed to Man of Steel 2 or Superman 2 or whatever wherever they would call it. I think Cavill is a good talent and a, and a good Superman. And I think, you know, he... Um, I think the story for, for Superman 2, Man of Steel 2, whatever you want to call it, I think that story could be spectacular. I mean, because, I mean, you could do, I mean, anything. Yeah, I don't think that the Superman character has as much baggage as people think. Like, this Superman character. It's not like, yeah, he died and came back to life. That was probably a lot. But that that happened. But now he's kind of back to start. You know, now you can tell a different story. There's so much, um, you know, with him. And Superman has some some great villains. You got Brainiac. Uh, you got Lex. Maybe recast Lex. Um, <laughs> and but, that's the other question, though. Like, kind of goes to the question I asked EJ. But what? Mm-hmm. How do they navigate the issue of you have these couple guys? You know, you have some of these guys back, but then mm-hmm. like the Suicide Squad is gonna be a mix. And like, mm-hmm. like, yes. how do you navigate like three people being completely different? Because you still want to reboot the yeah, franchise, so. but now continue. Yeah, we don't know what they're doing with that. Yeah. My, what I would say is I think 
the X-Men taught me that people don't care about continuity nearly as much as maybe we think they do. That's I think true. I think you can get away with a lot of stuff. I mean, <laughs> Logan is top five superhero movie of all time. I don't think it's arguable. And that continuity is just thrown out the window. Um, yep. First Class, very, very popular superhero movie. Top 15, I would say. Not continuity thrown out the window. Days of Future Past, also probably top 15, top 20. Superhero movie of all time. Thrown out the window continuity. Like, yes, I think continuity can be a benefit to a franchise, for sure. I'm not saying that it doesn't matter. I think that if you can show a level of continuity, it can go a long way. But I don't think it's the end-all, be-all that maybe we kind of we kind of think it is because Marvel has done it so well. So right. when we talk about, you know, all right, am I going to see, you know, Jesse Eisenberg? Am I going to see Amy Adams again? Like, you know, I don't know if that really matters. <laughs> I'm be honest. Like, I don't, I don't know if that really matters. I feel like, um, especially if you're talking about, you know, I said, you know, just do another Superman movie. But okay, let's say you don't do that because right now they're just talking about doing having him appear in other movies. You don't got to see Lex Luthor or Amy Adams in those other movies to have Cavill still be Superman. You don't have to even kind of broach what's happening with his life beyond whatever the context of his appearance is. And we still don't know what that's going to be because he could be very... I mean, obviously, the, the Cavill appearance... Though, well, again, it wasn't his appearance. It was you know a stunt double. But the, the Superman appearance that was in Shazam was very, very small. We, I mean, they could be talking about very, very small appearances. They, you know, the articles that we've been hearing about this reporting doesn't really specify, other than saying that he'd appear in other movies. If talking about small appearances, well, then yeah, he could definitely do that. I would say go for it. Um, if you're talking about something larger, I would, I would say you could still do it. Just I, I wouldn't really stress much about what's happened in the Man of Steel world. Just make him enter whatever world you're trying to create now. And I think that that's that's how I will approach it. That that's that's how I feel about it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I gotta agree. I mean, I, and I agree. I also agree that people don't, you know, people do care about continuity. You know, I, I don't think people don't care about continuity at all. Right. You know, we have there has to be some. I wouldn't say there has to be. I think they would prefer if there were some kind of explanation. It depends on how much it depends on how much is affected, you know. But, um, but I think you could insert Cavill into. I think inserting him into really almost any of these um, movies is going to be very confusing for a lot of people. I think, and and you know, on some level, they're going to be like, oh wait, isn't that that guy from that movie that came out like you know five six years ago? And but he, and he died. And what happened point. and all that? At this point, Cavill Superman. Like if you bring Brandon Routh back. Well, yeah. That people be like, wait, what movie is this from? Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, like, if they brought Wolverine, if they made Hugh Jackman Wolverine in the MCU, people be like, oh, it's just Wolverine for a lot of people. Some people would be confused. But a lot of people would be like, oh, it's just Wolverine. If you cast someone else's Wolverine, then it's like, all right, I guess this is a new Wolverine. But, like, you know, there are certain characters that are synonymous with the actors, certain actors synonymous with the characters. At this point, I think Cavill Superman. Which is why I think it's tough. I mean, you can recast him. I don't think he's unrecastable like right. a, yeah, a Robert Downey or a Hugh like Jackman. Some people argue Hugh Jackman. Yeah. yeah, but 
I do think, like, it's, I mean, if you put him, just like a guy we're going to talk about later in the, in the, in the show, J.K. Simmons, they put him in uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, everyone got it. No one was like, wait, wait, what? I'm so confused. What? Like, who is, what, right. what movie is this from? Oh, it's Jay Jonah Jameson. If you've seen any Spider-Man movie, you know who that is. You know, so I think super people would get that a Superman. I think people would get that, like, it doesn't necessarily have to be the same history, you know, because that movie, those movies came out a long time ago. But right. um, they just ha- can't step on it. You know, they can't say, like, you know, who's Lois Lane? You know, it'd be like, all right, now this is like, all right, this is a completely different timeline. Like, now you, that, that's when you get into the confusing part. But if you work around the canon or what we've perceived as canon... There's going to be probably a couple little slip-ups here or there, but if you work around it like the X-Men have done, for the most part, I don't think people will be confused. Let's move on, guys. Uh, good good chat about this Superman stuff. We'll, we'll be paying attention to see where that goes. Let's move on to talk about Birds of Prey director Kathy Yan. Um, she had some interesting comments after uh, a David Ayer tweet about um, Warner Brothers' intervention into his movie. He's kind of been on one recently. I'm personally starting to get suspicious, especially now that there's reporting that Warner Brothers is indeed talking about putting out uh, an air cut. That some of this is part of that kind of um, campaign, kind of shadow campaign that I, I told you guys was happening with Zack Snyder, and I, I feel vindicated in some degree because I think that we kind of know now that that was indeed happening. Um, I feel like that's part of this stuff, but uh, that's probably a different conversation. We talked a lot about an air cut last week. Um, he put out a thread kind of putting pointing to some of the things that, you know, didn't get to be put in his movie that DC and Warner Brothers changed. One of them being that kind of, if you guys watched the trailer, that first trailer that came out, that was kind of very, like, had the weird music and kind of had a really dark tone. And the end of it is, you know, Jared Little Joker talking about, you know, torturing a doctor or whatever. And he kind of posted a side-by-side picture showing the difference in the shot and how they had to reshoot it because they wanted it to be, uh, not as dark as the original shot. And, you know, he has been on that. He's been on that tip for a while about how his movie got chopped up and changed to be something that really wasn't what he wanted to do. And one of the, I think, the most interesting response to this tweet from Air was Kathy Yan, who, quote, tweeted Air and responded by saying, quote, I'm sorry this happened to you, David. I know that pain, the pain, sorry, um, seemed interesting to me. Uh, we have not heard much about intervention from DC in regards to uh, the Birds of Prey movie, other than you know, the crazy title changes and stuff we had at the end. But um, then Kathy Yan's uh, social media responses became more aggressive when Grace Randolph, who's a popular YouTuber, came into the conversation or at the very least was trying to amplify the conversation because she quote tweeted that and I guess wanted to provide some commentary and some context for what she believed to be what Yam was referring to. So uh, Randolph brought up rumors uh, of this reported, um, lack of a better term, dick pics angle that was supposed to be in Birds of Prey that apparently got taken out of the movie. Um, and was squashed by Warner Brothers and was forced and forced reshoots along with uh, reshoots because they wanted more action into the movie. 
Kathy fired back at Randolph saying that she, quote, had no idea what she was talking about and said that she had been uh, and said, quote, peddling any gossip is not journalism before clarifying that the angle switch uh, was in regards to pictures that Black Mass had of or himself as a Michelangelo like statue, which, of course, would have meant him being naked. Therefore, I guess you would have seen his genitalia. Um uh, and that was supposed to be the secret in the diamond that, you know, spoiler alert, uh, that uh, Cassandra Cain swallows. Um, that kind of is the whole center of the, the, the plot point. The, the whole conflict in the movie is centered around this diamond that Cassandra Cain swallows down uh, her throat. She, uh, she says instead of it uh, being a joke about Roman's narcissism, which is what she was trying to do, but obviously she said didn't didn't land well, which is why they changed it. Yeah, and pointing to how Randolph's in her eyes, misreporting led to outlets saying that the reference to dick pics that Randolph went with um, was an uncomfortable allusion to pedophilia. And the impression I got from Yan's comments were that that also she felt like it was like a bad faith act by a lot of these outlets trying to slam her movie beforehand um, by kind of going with this angle. An angle I really didn't pay attention to or know about at all. I was learning all about this today as I was reading about this story. Um, I think there's important context here that I want to put out in talking about this story because Jeremy Conrad is also reporting that Warner Brothers and DC are in discussions with where to go next with another Harley Quinn led slash featured movie, but that there will likely be another one. We know she's in the Suicide Squad. We obviously just saw Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey, the new title of that movie um, that Kathy Ann previously did. But apparently they're also working on another movie. Maybe it's Gotham City Sirens, the movie we never got from David Ayer that he was producing. Maybe it's something else. But I'm going to ask Kendall this, and I'm going to put it basically simple. Between Yan going after Randolph uh, and then her also expressing her support for Ayer in this moment in time... What do you think is going on here? I have my opinions, but I want to hear what you guys say. Um, I think Kathy Yan has been emboldened by the fact that her fan base, um, the people that that saw Birds of Prey, that liked Birds of Prey, um, do not like Grace Randolph. This has been. This is not. Uh, this is not this is this is a a back and forth that's been going on for a long time. Um, you know, Grace Randolph came out with the re- the report months ago uh, last year that you know that was going to be the story for Birds of Prey. It was very controversial. Uh, a lot of people were already burying the movie, saying this is this is a dead movie walking. And you know, I had brought it up kind of you know slightly on this show kind of dance around the subject because uh for the most part it was spoilers you know and you, we don't want to delve into spoilers you know right. for a movie that hasn't come out but i just i just i knew i was like there's, look there's stuff out there about birds of prey that you know doesn't sound so great you know a lot of people are concerned about the movie um fast forward to the movie i even mentioned this during our review but fast forward to the movie and the movie comes out and the story that grace randolph the plot that grace randolph outlined about it being about being a heist movie about a diamond that has something that Black Mass wants was what the movie was about. 
she just got what the thing was it what was in the in the diamond incorrect uh something that easily could have been changed um so clearly i think grace randolph had some level of sourcing that was correct was she 100 percent correct uh no could things have been changed possibly maybe she maybe the source was just wrong i don't know but Point being, Grace Randolph isn't a complete Yahoo who just completely threw out some fake news, but she also wasn't completely correct. But all of the the Birds of Prey people since then have been, you know, chastising Grace Randolph like she's fake news, saying, oh, you were wrong, you were wrong, you said this was going to happen, it didn't, you were wrong. And I think Cassie Ann, for, you know, also had probably similar frustrations um, because, again, there were a lot of people concerned about the movie. Some people could argue that probably didn't help the box office. You know, if people got wind of that and said, I'm crossing that off my list, it sounds really stupid. Um, it didn't, certainly didn't help the box office, especially when it's something that uh, wasn't in the movie. Um, so she went after Grace Randolph. So I get it. A lot of frustrations. I think she felt emboldened by the fact that her fan base was going after Grace Randolph uh, themselves. But I also don't think that Grace Randolph deserved nearly as much of the animosity that she got you know like of course i even work on the movie i understand kathy Ann's frustration if um this was if like that was never going to be a part of the movie that's what she's saying but you have to understand reporters are going to dig they're going to get information and if the information is 80 percent right i'm not going to then look at the reporter and say you're a hack like you know, that's a that's a deep scoop that she got. And, you know, like, they could have easily changed that. So, I don't know. I, I mean, it, it's it's controversial, obviously, the whole situation. But um, what I don't like is Kathy Ann's stuff about, um, you know, her kind of talking about, oh, yeah, I know the pain of uh being a being a director with you know Edward Scissorhands or whatever that DBA was talking about because I think again it starts the trend that we've talked about <laughs> which is eventually gonna start of these directors saying, Oh yeah, I mean my movie eventually, you know, we'll see my movie come out and it's like that's just a, that's that's we can't play revisionist history. We can't play, you know, these these games from after the movie comes out. You know, like, we don't have a time machine. No one's got $30 million on their hands or more to remake a movie in a director's vision when the movie already came out. That's just a bad precedent to set. We don't give redos for bad movies. It just makes no sense. So that's my that's my take on it. It's a, it's a contrary. It's a he said, she, it's a he said she, uh, she said situation. But um, I don't think, I really don't think anybody's in it wrong. I just think that there's a lot of people that feel they're right. What's your reaction? Uh, uh, I mean, look, when it comes to um, Kathy Ann, I don't, I think she's just tired of the, I think it's, I think a lot of directors, I'm sure, um, you know, and one, one person I know I've seen that I follow on social media a lot is James Gunn. Who's was very quick to to swat down any kind of BS he sees swirling about him or any of his movies. Uh, he's very active about it. Mm-hmm. He's not afraid to talk to people, um, online at least. So, um, 
you know, so I, I don't think Kathy Ann is alone in, in wanting to kind of squash BS or what they perceive as BS. Um, you know, so I'm not going to say, oh, why is she going after Grace Randolph? I, you know, I do. For the most part, I like Grace Randolph. I follow her on YouTube. I think she I think she has legit sources. And I think she's just good in terms of commentary. So yeah, she's passionate about the, the passionate movie about the movie industry, passionate about a big fan of comic books, superheroes, etc. So I don't think she is just there, making stuff up. There was up. no malicious intent. In there was the no malicious intent. I don't think she was just making stuff up to make stuff up. You know, if Kathy Ann thinks that that's the case, I think she's incorrect. Um, and you and like I said, like no. she ended up being right on a portion of the thing. If she said, "Yeah, the movie is going to be about." you know, the birds of prey going to Egypt and fighting, you know, King Tut, and mm. that's not what the movie was, then I'd be like, yeah, you know what, have at her. She's yeah. called the big stir for something that had nothing to do with the movie. Right. And she reported on something no one else was talking about, mad early, saying it was going to be about a diamond and this and that. She got a small detail. You Maybe you could argue it's a big detail, but it's a, it's a detail. Wrong. But got most of it correct. And people are acting like it was fake news, but that's right. honestly it's it's not the end of the politics, but that's the that's the po- political era we're in now. If you're in the media, if you don't get things 100 percent correct, you're fake news, right? You know, and that's it's it's unfortunate, but that's what the, that's the way we live now. Yeah, so I mean, that's that's you know just kind of what like I agree with you, kind of. I think that's kind of you know a lot of what um, you know people are saying nowadays and. You know, it's unfortunate. These are two people, two people I have, you know, somewhat respect for, you know, not knowing them personally. Um, but, you know, I mean, these kinds of stuff happen. They went to blows. It is what it is. As for Kathy Yen getting another cut, I don't think she needs another cut. It's, just, <laughs> uh, it's another air. You know, you don't need another cut. Let's come out with the director's cut and call it a day. So I hope people, I hope this isn't a trend that continues because I don't think it needs to be a trend. Yeah, I um Yeah, this was <laughs> I have a lot to say about this. Um and I proposed this story, so obviously that makes sense. Let me start on the first part. I think the Grace Randolph stuff is probably more even more complicated. When I see your comment on the air stuff, I go directly to the news I heard about Harley Quinn having another movie. Um that never in Jeremy Conrad's report did he say it would be Birds of Prey Two. Or a Birds of Prey sequel. He said it could be potentially another Birds of Prey-like ensemble. Or a Harley Quinn movie. Or something else. But not Birds of Prey 2. And if he's getting... If that is true and he's getting word of that, you know Kathy's already heard that. And yeah. I don't think that I could be wrong. But I would assume Kathy's not going to be the first person they call for another Harley Quinn movie. for a, That's not a sequel. Considering... What, what I have said, and you know, we had this conversation on the show, the disappointing box office that Harley Quinn had. Sorry, I know you guys had obstacles. I know that things weren't all fair, but you guys had a disappointing box office. There's no doubt about that. There's no denying that. To play any mind games or fudge the numbers and make it seem like it wasn't that bad is pointless. So I think Kathy saw that. Probably feels like some of the things she wanted to do, maybe in her original scripting or the script that they originally had, or some of the ways she wanted to shoot certain things. Um, 
you know, maybe could have affected the overall outcome. And the overall outcome was still positive, in my opinion. Um, they still made money, and they still, and the movie was a very good movie, a critical success for sure. And something to be very, and she should be very proud of what she put out there. Um, but I'm, but I'm sure when you realize the product that you did, still, you still came up short. You know, it's like losing in, in seven games because maybe the goal you had, uh, which I think was for sure, she said she wants, she wants to do a sequel. It seems out of reach, probably with how everything went. So hearing that, you know, the star of your movie, they're about to maybe put her in another movie. She's already in the, the Suicide Squad. Now they put her in another movie that's not going to include you working on it. I'm sure she feels a way. So I don't think that that. I think that that energy, in terms of where that's coming from, why she's all of a sudden saying, "I know the feeling." I think it comes probably from some kind of beef she still feels like she has with Warner Brothers in DC. That's my couch chair, arm or armchair, you know, read on how where that came from. In regards to the Randall stuff, Randolph stuff. I'm sorry. Look, I feel like. I'm tired, and, 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 and look, I, I feel like I have, I'm trying to have great sympathy, sympathy to these people who are out, who are entertainers, and I can include athletes in that, too, when we talk about sports athletes, and I'm trying to have, I think we've done a great job speaking about these people uh, responsibly, and I think that we all need to kind of speak about people responsibly, just period, just to be better people, but I think also, especially, because these people are in such a height, they have such a heightened um, spotlight on them, I think how we talk about them and what that could, how that could affect them personally. We have a responsibility. With that being said, I think Kathy Ann also has a responsibility in how she reacts to things she doesn't agree with or like. Saying that, um, she's that, that Randolph, uh, congratulations on being the scum of the journal of journalism. That's, that's uncalled for because there's no need for that. Um, I can understand you feeling, frustrated in all this hard work you did and something that you believe Randolph reported led to the stuff about pedophilia. I mean, as an artist, I can't imagine. And as a creator, I am a creator. I'm not an artist, but I am a creator. I can't imagine how you feel like someone, someone's reporting ended up turning into something like that and how that can make you feel. I can't, I can't even explain it. I want to break every window next to me. But let's keep it a buck. And Kemal kind of spoke to it. Kathy Randolph was not that off on the reporting. Okay? And what I'm tired of is it's very clear to me Grace had a source in Warner Brothers that told her about this movie. Cause to get that close and it to be a little bit off tells me yeah. something. Yeah. So Grace had someone tell her something about this movie. She, she and I guarantee to you the media. if so I, mean, I guarantee well. you if Grace could have gotten Kathy Yan to do a podcast talking about the movie. Or even just got her back on background and say, "Hey, what do you? Can you confirm this?" I'm sure she would have. But considering how top secret this stuff is, and how top secret, um, how terrible, how hard it is to get access to someone like Kathy Ann, you probably can't even get that kind of thing. So she has a trusted source in Warner Brothers that tells her that something with dick pics involved with this movie that's turned off some people in Warner Brothers. They want to change it, and then there's this whole fight because you know Grace. They think got it wrong, even though there's this thing about a diamond and everything else seems about right. They, the, the, the center of the issue in regards to the diamond was wrong. It had nothing to do with any kind of pictures. It was, you know, you know, uh, you know, the codes, codes to the, the Bert fortune. 
Yan to me, I know Kendall said that this was kind of just kind of Yan kind of just joining in kind of on this beef that's kind of rose between the Randolph Randolph and just the fans of this movie. To me, Yan only legitimized Randolph in this exchange, which is crazy to me. And I don't know how Kathy didn't see this because one, okay, you're, you're hurling these crazy insults. I think that are on call for. So that already kind of makes me feel away. But two, you're saying, okay, he was a, it was a, like, Grace, you know, responded by saying, look, like, you know, because he's a statue, you could see Roman's genitalia. And from her reporting, she was saying, they think she was hearing that he was upset that it looked small. And that's why um, the issue, that was supposed to be the center of the issue. And then they had to be changed. So she said, by saying, from a certain point of view, she was right, is what she said. Right. And that's when Kathy Ann responded saying that's not true. It was about a statue or whatever. It was never about the size, you know, of the of Roman genitalia. It was about, you know, narcissism. And and it was about just being it being, you know, this crazy thing. Um here's a news flash, Kathy. Maybe from your artistic mind and what you were trying to do, of course. That could have been your vision. I don't really even doubt that probably was your vision. But some suit at Warner Brothers who knows nothing about comic books, who is watching a million movies, trying to green light a million movies, who sees this thing and just says, this reminds me of a dick pic. It looks small. We can't have this. This is ridiculous. You don't think someone could have, that guy could have told some other person that told some other person that then told Kat, that then told Grace this version of the story. That's not that was not like this egregious reporting at all. Like, come on, fam. Like, that's not if you, if, like to me. Egregious yeah, reporting would have been closer to what closer to what happened if you wanted to make that case. You wanted to say it, if you came out and said, "Yo, I don't know where she got any of that genitalia commentary." Like our movie from the beginning was about Bertinelli. That was bad reporting. I'd say it sucks that that happened somehow she did get a lot of the diamond stuff right but yeah i could see if that not if you never broached the topic at all then i get that but you're trying to tell me kathy that not one person who was concerned about how this was playing out was not concerned about there being male genitalia fam don't lie to me. don't lie and to, to put me. come on and to put your your statements in context for our listeners as well either you have a graduate degree in journalism so this is literally what you went to school for. Facts. So, I mean, I work is, in journalism. I work yeah. at a news station. Yeah, you news, work news flash. <laughs> so this is, you know, this isn't coming from just some average Joe that knows nothing about journalism. Right. Yeah. So and I'm not saying you know all journalism is right. And look, Kathy, I mean, excuse me, Grace clearly got part of this wrong. But Kathy mm-hmm. is is characterizing her reporting like it's just some like. And crazy out of context thing, and I'm like, yo, it's it's not. And when we talk about like, it, Grace, she did not. She th- this was not twisting something into something that right. it wasn't. Someone and, and, maybe, maybe someone we're talking else about did. it being wrong. Like we're talking about it at a certain point of view. I don't remember the exact date when she came out with this report, but it's something that like she reported at the time. This is in the movie. This is very. This is, this is way before the movie came out. This is like this is what the movie's about. This is what it's in it. And things could have easily changed after that. After there was, like you said, a lot of frustration reportedly uh, with Warner Brothers at the time about the movie. And 
So, yes, like, she reported at the time this is in the movie, it comes out, the movie comes out, and it's not in the movie. That doesn't necessarily mean she was wrong. Now, I'm not saying you can just put out anything and say, oh, well, they must have changed it, because at this point it was in the movie. But when she has a large portion of the story correct, and you change a, a detail that easily could have been changed in a, in a couple months span, then, no, I'm not going to say she was completely wrong. I'm not going to say it was fake news. I'm going to say yes, that maybe it was changed, maybe the the source had a had a detail wrong. I don't know, but that doesn't mean that we all of a sudden should discredit all reporters or discredit reporters that put out stuff that is 95% correct. So I don't know. I, I, yeah. I mean, at the same time I, I do understand Kathy wanting to shut down fake or, you know, rumors that are that she knows are not true. Cuz I do see it a lot from like I said other people like Gunn who you know, is asked about rumors and stuff constantly, and I see him constantly go, "No, would you hear that? That's not true." Da da da. I'm like, oh, right. "Okay, you know, he's saying it's not true." You know, but so I and, I, and, and even, he, even just as a person, it's like I understand the urge. You know, but, um, but Kathy, I do agree. I think name calling is is going too far. Yeah, I, to me, Kathy is taking is making a semantic argument to slander an independent journalist i cannot accept that sorry or independent it, or independent media source whatever you want to call cat uh grace not gonna never gonna be never gonna be a part of what i support it's like in, in in it's like in sports if a if a reporter says yeah you know the cowboys are considering trading dak prescott at the trade deadline and then the trade deadline passed and dak prescott wasn't traded, Jerry Jones can't just go out there and say that was fake news, and that happens all the time, but the, the reporter didn't just make that up. Like, maybe he did, but if, especially if we start hearing stuff about, oh yeah, there were conversations, but it never, it fell through <laughs> from multiple people, then clearly something, something was up. So, I don't, I, but this idea that like, but again, that, that, that's the, the era we live in, where people want to attack the media Kathy Yen about says, being 100% right. Kathy Ann says she was a journalist at one point, apparently, too. Which is why I, I, that even me makes this a little more egregious. Like this this attack. As long as they call it, this was an attack. Um, so, how do you, uh, so how are you linking this to uh, the... Because to me, I think, to me, I think Kathy realizes that Whatever Harley Quinn project that we see in the future, whenever that happens, it's probably a good chance Kathy Ann won't be involved. And I think she probably just see, feels I, a, I'm not... she probably feels a way about Warner Brothers overall, and perhaps the some of the blame that there's been blame going around about why this movie didn't succeed commercially, you know, as a whole. And I'm sure Kathy's gotten. Some of it, maybe even a lot of it. I don't know what's happening behind closed doors. So for me, w- no, hearing that there were were change. No, she's saying that there was. I feel your pain. There was some kind of changes that I had to do too. I guess to me, I I strike it as kind of just an anti anti corporation kind of stance. Just like yes, I'm an artist as well who worked with these same people and they did the same thing to me, which I don't quite buy. Also, I don't buy that it was. The same thing that Ayer had, like like 
air, and I'm not, look, you guys know I am not an air apologist at all. But, I mean, you could watch Suicide Squad and see this is, this is a video game campaign story. The way this is cut. This is not a movie. We know what Ayer is capable of. It's not he. That wasn't him. Now, doesn't mean that there weren't the writing wasn't terrible. There wasn't a bunch of other issues. Like I said on the show, we talked about it last week. But I mean, I, I I find it hard to believe that there was this a bunch of this creative quelching of stuff that Kathy actually shot and actually put together that was taken out and changed and Kathy that Ann, hurt the movie. I don't. I. I don't believe that. Sorry, I, I, don't I, also, I also don't like her blaming Grace Randolph for Cosmic News' his own problematic. Exactly, article. that's the part that's of it too. That's, that's that, has, that has nothing to do with Grace Randolph's report. If Grace Randolph wrote the articles that Cosmic Big News wrote, Cosmic Big News is an outlet that has its own issues. You know, <laughs> right. we we sometimes we talk about them, sometimes we don't. But like that has nothing to do with. Grace Randolph's report. They had their own interpretation of what she reported, and they took it a whole nother direction than Grace Randolph did. So Kathy, so Kathy Ann saying your scoop now leads to these articles, and that's problematic. Don't blame me. I just reported what the sources told me the movie was about, and now people are saying this is bad. Okay, but that has nothing to do with me. So I don't know. The, no- I mean, the notion that people. I think there's an intellectual, there's some intellectual dishonesty happening from Kathy that the notion that people won't equate a statue of a naked man in 2020 and not kind of equate it to dick pics. Come on, man. Like when I'm not, I wasn't born yesterday. I'm not saying that I would think that. I'm not saying that maybe even the majority of people think that. But to me, the fact that you took it out I guarantee you they took it out because there was genitalia involved. And to and you're, you're lying to me if you're telling me that's not the case. You're lying to me. <laughs> that was the reason why. So for Grace to then, in her reporting, for whatever she was told, to present it as if there was dick pics involved, it wasn't It wasn't like she was crazy far off. Like she Again, she's acting like she said something that was so off and nowhere near close Look. to... It, what what's happening? This is a semantics battle. Kathy Ann has to me, again. She shouldn't have even engaged in. This made me feel like, well, damn, Grace really had a good source. When I heard yeah, Ka- when I heard Kathy explain this, I'm like, oh, Grace was really close. It was okay. Right. Maybe a little bit of things got lost in translation, but not. It wasn't just like, oh, I, I didn't know what I was talking about. And then to right. these personal attacks, like, and that's why I gave her credit crazy. during the review that we did with Birds of Prey. I was like, look, shout out to Grace Randolph because she she was pretty close in what the movie was about, but. Kathy Ann has the high ground in this argument because it's her movie. So she can say what was in it and what, was, what wasn't. Unless someone else that worked on the movie comes out and says, no, Kathy Ann is wrong. This was in the movie. I can corroborate Grace Ryan's report. It's not going to happen. Then she's got the high ground. And so there's that, like, Grace Randall's fighting a dying battle. But at the end of the day, I don't think that she was necessarily wrong. It's just not something she's going to win in the, in the court of public opinion. And just to bring it back to the... To her getting a cut, I mean, her movie was great in my opinion. Uh, I think we all enjoyed Birds of Prey. Um, so I don't know why we'd be giving giving people cuts of movies when they were critical successes for the most part. 
And yeah, it wasn't a box office hit, but I mean, at this point, you're just adding stuff, or it yeah, seems I, like I, you're just I adding. No, stuff. I have no interest in the yen cut. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't need a yen. I, I'll get the movie. I'll buy the DVD. Yeah, I probably plan on buying the DVD eventually. I don't need a yen cut. So yeah. Look, man. Yeah. Like, like, look, and, and what I will say, what I will say is, I also want to be sensitive to, you know, Kathy's a female person of color director. I can't imagine the kind of crap she gets on a regular basis. Cannot imagine. So I'm not completely desensitized to that. Um, but that doesn't mean I'm also not going to, when I hear attacks on independent media journalists or independent media period, which is who I consider myself to be, I can't, I can't accept that either. And I, I think that part of some of that heat that Kathy probably gets on a daily basis, um, is why it was it was directed at Grace. Um, that's how I take it. And I think that the whole stuff about the pedophilia stuff, like I think that in her eyes, like Kendall said, that could have took money out of everybody's pockets by people not wanting to see the movie and her pointing the finger at Grace when she should be pointing the finger at her own bosses and the people who do that did that terrible, terrible, terrible promotional campaign. Terrible, awful, just incompetent. I don't know, whatever word... That means bad <laughs> that I can describe. They are the ones she should be pointing the finger at. It has nothing to do with Grace Randolph, and, and they're the ones who undermined her her movie, undermined the future of Birds of Prey sequels. It was their fault. Birds and of Prey. I think like, that if she's not giving the same smoke to those clowns who ran that promotional campaign <laughs> and didn't get any effort behind it, then all this well, is pointless. Yeah. No. I mean. I look, I think Birds of Prey, like like Shamari said, I thought it was a very good movie. This has no effect on my opinion of Kathy Ann as a uh, filmmaker. You know, I thought Not at all. I thought it was a very solid movie. And I think, you know, I personally I would have her do a Harley Quinn sequel. You know, if they did Gotham City Sirens, they put Poison Ivy, Catwoman in there. Um I would put Kathy Ann on it, personally. But Kathy Ann is a young director and this is not this is a certain type of spotlight, you know, a certain type of reporting on her movies that, you know, she probably isn't used to, you know, like a lot of people probably aren't used to that. But so it's not not everyone's going to react the same to somebody kind of peddling sources on what your movie may or may not be about. You know, when you're used to maybe having, you know, changes to your movies constantly and someone reports one version of a movie that is way far from being done it kind of you know you kind of feel like wow but like this happens in ev- for every movie in the comic book movie industry and in the in the star wars industry and any movie that has a deep kind of fandom like that like yes people are going to report on what they think the movie is about people are going to leak things some things are going to be way off some things are going to be kind of true you just have to you just have to take the blows and look if someone legitimate says something or somebody that that has enough clout that it'll it'll the articles will be written off their reports then you gotta leave it be especially when they're 90 percent accurate i think that's almost what made her more frustrated it was like this wasn't complete fake news she's she's like acting like it is wasn't yeah, exactly and I agree. like if it was if this was something that was just like so stupid then there would be no reason to attack her like 
the Grace Randolph will already have the egg on her face. But because Grace Randolph kind of has this idea of, see, I was almost right, I think that's what Kathy Ann doesn't like. She's like, you know, screw you. You weren't right at all. And that's where we differ. But at the end of the day, it's, it's again, he said, she said situation. There's not really a, uh, a right answer here. I'm sorry. In 2020, you're not going to convince me that, A, someone didn't interpret whatever Kathy was trying to do as this could be seen as a dick pic and we should not do it. And B, even to Kathy's point, there's no way you can tell me there was nothing in that script about genitalia size. Sorry, don't believe it. I do not believe. I'm not saying that that was part of this of why Roman was mad or why why there was issues with DC, but I'm saying you're not telling me there was nothing in the movie at all about size. You're a comedy movie in 2020, and a naked picture is part of the main plot. I wasn't born yesterday, people. I wasn't born yesterday. Let's move on uh, quickly. Another interesting story I thought that surfaced. Um, Patty Jenkins, Wonder Woman 1984 director. Of course, she directed the first Wonder Woman movie. She did an interview with Premiere Magazine where she revealed something that we never knew. At least we never knew definitively. Um, This was the first I ever heard her say this or any kind of confirmed confirmation about it. Um, She said that she rejected past offers to direct a Justice League movie. Um... She said she rejected it because the source material, quote, uh, did not connect with her because uh, there are too many characters to juggle in the Justice League. She also added that uh, her enjoyment in working with Warner Brothers stems from working with the people that are employed there, but makes note that the company, quote, wants full control over its movies. And she kind of noted that uh, the work that she's been able to do on Wonder Woman has been entirely what she's wanted to do. She's had the creative control. And that uh, it will perhaps separate her from other directors um, is that maybe they were unable to impose their vision, which was what the word she used. I'll go to Kendall on this. What what would you have wanted to see a Patty Jenkins led Patty Jenkins directed Justice League movie? And what do you uh, think of the news that she was offered to do this? We don't have the context whether or not this was fixing Zack Snyder's movie or some new movie in the future. That's what I think it was. I don't think that they. I don't think that you know. Oh man, like Patty James turning down to oh Snyder, can you save us? Like I don't think that was the situation. Um, and look, I think that <laughs> she chose the right. I think she chose the right. I the right uh, answer, the yeah. right decision. If this was a Zack Snyder reclamation project, you know, Justice League reclamation project, um, Joss Whedon's brand has never been the same since that. And Patty Jenkins, look, I think Patty Jenkins could have survived it, but it's that was always going to be a tough job. Um, and I feel like, I, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't have, I mean, I don't think she could have saved the movie. I guess that's my point. So do I, would I have wanted to have seen a, a Patty Jenkins Justice League movie? Not any more than I would see a Joss Whedon Justice League movie. Um, but I think she chose the right, she chose the right answer. Because um, saving that movie, I mean, I, I don't think she'd be looked at uh, any better than Ron Howard is looked at after Solo. So I don't know. It's not, it's never an easy job. I don't think she would have gotten destroyed, but it wouldn't have been, she has a pretty great brand right now. And, 
you know, now she can pretty much do any movie that she wants for the most part. She really, really wants it. So, um, very smart decision by her and her team. A coach in a, say a coach not taking a terrible coaching job in, in sports. I keep getting worse analogies, but no, like, why would you coach? Why would you take the, you know, the, the Cleveland Browns job? You know, it's like just wait a year if you have to. <laughs> Find yeah. a different job to show up. But don't don't coach the Knicks. Don't coach the Browns. Don't coach, you know, <laughs> some of these awful franchises. Yeah, it sucks we gotta talk about the Knicks like that. Yeah. Um Yeah, I mean I mean I agree. I, I not that of course not that I wouldn't wanna see a a, a um a uh, Patty Jenkins Justice League. I would definitely be interested in seeing that. I think she would do a great job with Justice League. Um, but I don't want to see her try to fix a Zack Snyder movie in which he either had to leave under tragic circumstances or was fired, depending on whatever you, you read on the situation. Um, but but no, that, would, that wouldn't have been how I would want to see that happen. But I would want to see a, 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 um, a Patty Jenkins Justice League movie. I'd 100% be interested in that. Um, and I also, I'll say I don't even think that's something that's out of the question. We may still yet see a, a Patty Jenkins Justice League movie eventually. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I don't think it was the right time just yet. I'm interested to see this Wonder Woman sequel as well, it's, and to see how she does with Cheetah. I think this is also kind of a good test run, I guess. If if I were to, you know, if I were to say who would I want to see direct uh, Justice League movie. I think seeing a Wonder Woman versus Cheetah battle is kind of a good precursor to that. Um, but yeah, I think either way, I think this is a fascinating story and I definitely think she's a worthy director, but just not for fixing uh, the Justice League movie that Zack Snyder had left. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's safe to say that um, definitely if that was the the plan which i think probably was and we don't know for sure she didn't really specify but the plan was um she's trying to rescue the justice the Zack snyder justice league that they wanted to be essentially redone that's bad money (laughs) sorry that's bad money you don't need that check um especially with how hot kind of just her her outlook was on kind of what she was as a director because of the massive success that wonder woman was and it makes sense for DC to go to her first to want to remake Justice League because Wonder Woman was this super success. And people, because it was so good, people were kind of dreading Justice League because we knew it wasn't going to be anything like Wonder Woman. Um, so I think DC, was it was, that was the smart person to go to. I also thought it was smart because, you know, Patty had worked closely with Zack on Wonder Woman. Zack wrote the screenplay to Wonder Woman. Zach hired, essentially hired, you know, Patty to do Wonder Woman. So, to be honest, man, maybe that movie would have had a chance if they did go with Patty. Like, I'm kind of thinking about it now, and I'm like, you know, Joss is just, he was so outside the the kind of the camp of what DC was doing. They just brought in an outsider and just, just do what Marvel does. Like, and that, I mean, that movie just is a mess. And I'm like, man, if they did have Patty come in, and, you know, rescuing it was not going to happen. But would it have made more sense? Would it have been a much more cohesive project had she come in, knowing kind of what Zach was planning, kind of knowing what Zach's vision was? I guarantee you, I think it would have been way better than what we got. I'll be honest. 
I think it would have been way better. It would have been way more cohesive. I don't think it would have been a good movie, but would it have been at least decent? Maybe. Maybe. We'll never fully know. I mean, they couldn't fix the, the mustache thing. I mean, the, the face, that was, that's just, that, I don't know what they would have done with that. But some, there were a lot of issues besides just Superman's face with that movie. Um, and maybe it would have been a little better. Um, I did find the quote about, you know, you know, people who, are, you know, when you're not able to impose your vision, uh, you know, that's where you kind of see people doing different jobs than what I'm doing. I, I That was interesting to me. I didn't know what to make of that. Uh, that was an interesting comment. And I know maybe it's in the kind of, I feel like she definitely said it because it wasn't like a question. She said it kind of, I guess, in for sure. She's definitely had probably the Snyder cut in mind. I'm sure she's seen the stuff about uh, Air and what he's been saying now for years. But definitely, we've been hearing a lot from him recently. I couldn't tell if that was a diss. I was trying to figure it out. I couldn't tell if it was a diss or if it was kind of her just saying that she's been just talking more to herself. That she's been kind of more forceful and just not allowing them to change what she wants to do. And that's why she's been allowed to do what she wants to do. But I thought this commentary kind of, it kind of threw Warner Bros. under the bus, though. Like, to say they want full control over their movies, and, you know, if people don't impose their vision, well, then you're not going to be able to make movies like I'm making them. And it's like, jeez. Even if that wasn't her intent, man, that doesn't make Warner Bros. look great. It's like, it kind of paints a picture of if they just got out the way, would we see much better projects? You know, because she's saying they're not really affecting her. But she acknowledges that they are an overbearing company. And I don't know. Overbearing is harsh. Cause I just, I'm going to take that back. I'm like, overbearing isn't hard. It's hard. I wouldn't say that. But because I, when I read this, I said, well, you're an employee. So, yeah, they have every right to want full control. I, Kevin Feige has full control of Marvel. Um, so I don't want to say overbearing is not what I want to say. But more of that they, they're not going to just green light anything. And they, they, they have creative control. And unless you impose yourself and not allowing them to change stuff, you know, you're going to end up just doing whatever they want. It didn't make DC Warner Bros. come across looking that great, I thought, in this interview. I was surprised she would even say that. But I also feel like everything I've seen from Patty since she's kind of, we've talked about her since Warner Bros. being made, it was when you talk about someone that goes to the beat of her own drum, that is how I would explain Patty Jenkins, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it'll be interesting to see what her future, what the future holds for her at DC, and whether or not things connect outside of Wonder Woman. Yeah, and I also thought that I was also, um, I also thought it was cool that you know when she talked, she also talked about how her, you know, she said she likes comics, but her kind of love and kind of interest in superheroes really comes from films, which is is very fascinating because. Like, to me, like, I know Kathy's older than me, but Kathy kind of, and then wait, I mean, Patty, why am I calling Kathy? Patty, oh, I'm thinking about Kathy Ann. Patty kind of represents kind of what I think we're going to see in a lot of creators in this next 20 years, you know? Like, a lot of the, all the creators that we're kind of um, talking about that are making these movies, all of them are kind of people who say, yeah, I read comic books when I was a kid. And some of them will say, yeah, cartoons too. But a lot of them is comic books. And I, I always envisioned that we also start seeing people who 
you know, I think more like us, who like kind of animation was how they really got into superheroes. And what we're going to see in this new era eventually is going to be creators, you know, 30 years from now, 20 years from now, where their, their main like source for love of creating superhero content is going to be movies, which is just, to me, it's just crazy where we are as a, as a comic book fandom and superhero fandom that, you know, here's, you know, arguably the top director in the superhero landscape, probably the Russo brothers, but, She's she's on that Mount Rushmore of who we have currently that are making superhero movies, and she's like, my love of superhero comes from movies, and I think that maybe that's why Wonder Woman was so good. Like Zach kind of had this, he ran the trouble of trying to sh- shovel in a million stories into, uh, into a short amount of time with BVS and Injustice League, and maybe Patty not being so connected to you know these stories that need to be these illusions that need to be that need to be you know touched upon not touching on all these themes from various different story points maybe that helped her that thought it was a fascinating i thought these were some fascinating comments uh that's why i wanted to talk about them real quick um other story that i thought was interesting before we do this uh, uh agents of shield recap Apparently, J.K. Simmons, we know he's going to be in the, the sequel to Spider-Man. We saw him appear. Spoiler alert, if you didn't watch Far From Home. <laughs> spoiler alert. I, I feel weird about that. Cause some people will say, yo, that's spoilers. And I'm like, yo, you haven't seen the... It was like, nah, movie's too, this movie's too old at this point. Like, yeah, I know it's the end know. of the movie, but it's too old. And like, yeah. it, it, while it's a spoiler, like saying J.K. Simmons is back, like that doesn't... Anyone that hasn't seen it, that's not going to ruin the movie. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Um, it's been it's been way too long. If you're a superhero fan that that, that gets that reference, you've seen the movie. Exactly. So, so J.K. Simmons he appeared in Fire from Home in the in the post credit scene, and he recently in an interview with uh, Couch Surfing, he was on that podcast. He said that uh, he's going to be in multiple Super Spider Man movies moving forward. You know, it's not going to be a one and done and that uh he signed on to be on multiple movies so yeah that's great news to me when uh is marvel you know sticking him with the nda he broke the nda by telling him about his contract <laughs> we're never gonna see well he was again. very he was he was very clear when he was speaking about this stuff to talk about the people working with the people at sony the producer yeah, Sony, he's the like producer i'm protected sony. by sony i can say anything i want they ain't gonna do that scal isn't gonna get rid of me <laughs> I dare you, Feige, pull up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I'm I'm just glad to have him back. That's my takeaway from this, man. I mean, he is J. Jonah Jameson. So yeah. he's he's a, right right there with uh, Jackman and uh, Downey. Downey. I'd say Chris Evans at this point. Yeah, I'd say Evans. He's the only Captain America we've had. Yeah, and he's a great Captain America. So I'd say Evans. So he's right there with them. Yeah, you know, I mean. He's a fantastic J. Jonah Jameson. I don't want to see anybody else as J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. So I'm I'm a fan. I like it. Now, I'm going to introduce something else that I also read. This isn't because the J. Jonah Jameson stuff, you know, pretty self-explained. I do think it's interesting that he's confirming that we're getting multiple Spider-Man movies coming up. But I've also read that uh, Evan Peters, who, if you don't know, Evan Peters played Quicksilver and 
the X-Men uh reboot franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, most recent also in um American Horror yeah, Story. Yeah, it's prominent in American Horror Story. Very good. Uh as a villain. The word is that he's going to play a key role in WandaVision. That been it's being reported by Charles Murphy. Yeah, that's, uh, what I, that's what I was hearing too. That he's going to play a key role in WandaVision. That is fascinating. Because obviously he plays Quicksilver. Now he's going to be in WandaVision, reportedly. Is this as Quicksilver? Hell, that would be nuts. Are we talking about a multiverse? Are we talking about the, the recast? Are we talking about some people saying, oh, maybe he's just a, a grown-up version of Wiccan? You know, or Speed, rather. You know? Like, I don't know. But, um... There are a lot of different problems. And, or he could just be Nightmare or some other villain. Because, like, you know, like we mentioned, Jamari mentioned he's an American Horror Story, the villain in that. Could he just be... Could he be a villain in the... in the in, uh, WandaVision? It could just be kind of a a little Easter egg kind of thing that he used to be Quicksilver, possibly. But I am fascinated about the, the also the other side of look. They brought back J. Jonah Jameson. Why didn't they just say you know what Evan Peters are going to be a uh, Quicksilver? Obviously, the Aaron Taylor J. Johnson stuff makes it a little more weird. The Age of Ultron stuff makes it a little weird. But I'm for it if they do bring back Quicksilver. I'm for it. Yeah, I mean, he's just—I think he's just spectacular talent. I watched him in all the season, all the see different seasons of American Horror Story, playing various different characters. I mean, he's a great talent. I think in whatever role he's in, is very highly valued. So I'm 100% on board with bringing him in, uh, in any capacity. <laughs> so I'm just glad he's he's casting in in the show at all. Yeah, I mean, he's a great talent. I'll be honest, I'm I'm not gonna say that in any capacity. This has got to be Quicksilver for this to work for me. Because Marvel really? likes to do this sometimes. Like, no, really, not just Marvel, like all these superhero companies, where they do these little illusions, these little Easter eggs, and they're cute. But, like, sometimes, like, it's good to, like, just kind of go full tilt on things. And, like, no, if you're going to cast the only other live action Quicksilver, the one that people prefer, liked way more than the one you <laughs> did. Not that, and the one you did is underrated, by the way. Um, yeah, you did. Yeah, like, but but Evan Peters was so good. That yeah, it's still a, it's still a blowout, right? It's still what we talk about to this day. And if you're gonna cast him in this movie, and he's not playing Quicksilver, or even maybe again playing like an adult version of Speed or somehow, if there is no kind of allusion to that, that's a mistake. We don't we don't there are a lot of other talented actors you can pick. We don't need that. We don't need that. That to me is almost like. That's almost like taunting me as a fan. Like, you're, like, throwing something in. Like, ooh, here's our chance to kind of give you a sneak peek of how we do mutants or at least maybe introducing multiverse and how we're going to explain the Fox universe. And then you just, nah, he's just some regular other guy. He's Nightmare or he's some other person. Or he's just some guy. Like, you know, they do that all the time, too. Like, some, some, like, character who has no suit. Yeah. Look, I'm telling you, no, no real background no comic book tie he's just like another character but like it's a him being in the movie is an easter egg we don't want that like no look, if you're gonna cast him i want it to be him being quicksilver look man anything, I don't think anything should, not, that's not that is a disappointment i don't know i don't think we should typecast him i mean that he's very <laughs> he's very so i think ej's i think ej's point is not that 
he doesn't want to see Evan Peters in the MCU. Yes. Unless he's Quicksilver, but he just can't be in WandaVision. Because that exactly. is maybe taking it a step too far in terms of the... Oh, look, look, maybe Feige has a particular role. Maybe it's Nightmare. Maybe it's Mephisto. That they feel Evan Peters would be perfect at this guy. Now, personally... I think if, I think if he auditions for a different role right. in the show... And he's fantastic, which I think there's a he's, he's extremely. I think personally, I think he could be a budding talent in Hollywood if he if he got the castings. Right, he's fantastic in American Horror Story. And right. when I watched the show. I'm like, who is this guy? Right, <laughs> I was like, I want to see more of him. Right, and then when he's using quick, he was in uh, X Men. I was like, whoa, what? Yeah, and he blew it away. I'm like, this guy is fantastic. Yeah, the more I see of him, the better. He could play somebody else. I don't need to see him as Quicksilver. I've seen enough of him. So I mean. If he if they had him do a read and he blew it blew it away, I'd be like, look, whatever he's in, man, I, I think he would. I think he he can do it. You know, normally I'd agree. Normally I'd agree, but this guy, he's he's got the stuff to 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 the point where I'd be like, nah, I'm, I'm yeah, cool. like we may get something better than a quick show. Yeah, that's why I'm like, I'm cool. Whatever, right. whatever you want to do with him, especially the MCU. Yeah, knowing how on top of things they they are, they're not just gonna put him in some role that yeah. he's gonna BS. Like there, there's a part of me that wants to see them bring some of the Fox X Men characters over. I don't really necessarily want to see a complete recast of the X Men because I like the I like the cast. Yeah. The movies were problematic, but I mean, you give Feige the, the actors <laughs> that they could they could do a good job. Right. Um. Maybe you want to recast Mystique. That's very easy to do. <laughs> you can you can take any form <laughs> out of Mystique. Right. You know, all the rest of them that you can bring back. Um. So I'd be fine with that. But uh. So I think there's a part of me that's like, yeah, just bring Quicksilver back. He's great. But um. I do understand Shamari's point that look, I mean, like if Evan Peters is a great Mephisto or a great Ghost Rider or whoever he's playing. <laughs> You know, I'm not going to stop them from, from casting you because, you know, we're stuck on the Quicksilver thing. But I do think it's like, again, it's kind of a, it is a little bit of a taunt to put him in, to put him in WandaVision when we know he was such a great Quicksilver, you know, and we know there's a possibility that he could be Quicksilver. There's still people that maybe want him to be Quicksilver. There is that kind of, all right, now, you know, you're just messing with people. So it, it's, it's interesting, you know, be like if they put, be like if they made a, if say let's say they say Gabriel Luna is gonna be in Blade, but they're like, but he's not gonna be Ghost Rider. People be like, well, why? So why is he in the movie? Why? I know he can play other people, but he's gotta be Ghost Rider. So I don't know. It's interesting. Or John Bernthal. They said John Bernthal is gonna be in like. And, you know, some other Marvel movie, but they say he's not Punisher. We'd be like, what? I know John Bristol is a great actor, but he's got to be Punisher. Right. So, I, you know, that's where I think EJ's head is at, um, mm-hmm. especially when we're talking about WandaVision. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's me. It's like, I, I look, I agree. Peter is a talent. There's no question. He, any company, any movie that has him, they got something. It's just... The guy that played Quicksilver can't be in a Scarlet Witch show not playing Quicksilver. Like, it's just, yeah, it's, that's gonna, especially when he was great as Quicksilver. If he was okay or we didn't care that he was Quicksilver, that's different. Then, yeah, whatever. Like, I don't care. Like, like you know, like Brandon Roth being in, um, you know, in DC shows and he's playing Ant-Man. You know, they have him. He's not playing Superman. You know, now we have had him playing Superman recently. Like, that's fine. Like, we, don't, we don't care that much about Brandon Roth Superman. But you cannot have 
And even then, like, CW eventually caved and said, oh, we got to put him in a Superman suit. Like, so, like, for Marvel to do that for a movie, when we know we're curious about how all this plays in, into effect with the multiverse, if there is a multiverse, and what could that be how Fox characters and Fox continuity gets kind of put into the Marvel movies, um, that... That has that's the only way this could be done. I don't I don't want to see him as any other character. I'm beyond. I'm that's just me. I know I know Shamar disagrees, but that's uh, that's how I feel about it. Um, but let's 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 uh, wrap the show here talking about the se- season seven premiere of Agents of Shield. This episode was called The New Deal. We find our heroes in the 1930s. This is right after the Great Depression. They're in New York City as they try to stop the. Uh, the Chronicons, the the Hunter Chronicons, from uh, destroying basically the future and stopping Shield from ever being created. This was good. I mean, I liked it. You know, it was good to see everybody back. Uh, I feel like, man, sometimes when you see it, you know how sometimes you have cast after long seasons, and they've kind of explored kind of every angle, every kind of relationship, and like it just gets stale at a certain point. For some reason, like, this cast, I think it's because of how close they are. Like, it just, all the interactions, like, still work. Like, you know, Deke's interactions with, like, uh, Daisy or his interactions with Mac just work. Um, even Clark Gregg as an LMD, you know, like, that's a, kind of a different wrinkle. And seeing him kind of playing that Coulson character, but, you know, not necessarily Coulson. Uh, the little nuances in, in his acting. We saw, I think, on full display. Um, and I think that, you know, the, I'm, I'm, I don't know how I feel about the time travel thing. I think that, you know, it comes with, to me, clear pitfalls. Like, you know, if you're putting a black man leading a group in 1931, I, I, to me, I just feel like every episode he should be dealing with racism. And... It's me on like every couple minutes. Like that's how bad it was for black people. So anytime like he's kind of treated with any kind of respect from, and it, to be honest, to be fair, it wasn't like he got that much of it in this episode. But I just feel like you're kind of setting the tone for like, man, like at a certain point it's gonna be weird when he's in 1931 and like people just listen to him and whatever. Like I know it's New York City, but it still was really bad. Like. I I, I kind of there 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 are those pitfalls there you know and you know you know Daisy kind of you know get tongue lashes the cop I'm like man 1931 I don't think a woman is talking to a cop like that in public <laughs> like like and then just not having no repercussions and maybe we will see some of those things but it, it just adds a wrinkle I'm not sure this show really needs but it was still shot really well. It was, uh, I didn't feel like we were in time. Like, it, it definitely, it didn't feel like, oh, like, this is a show that is trying to pretend like they're in, a, in an old time. They're really not. Like, how, the, the effects they used, the lighting they used, um, even, like, the little gloss and the, the lenses of the cameras for some of those scenes, especially the, at, you know, the FDR speech, like, definitely made it feel like, you know, Prohibition time era, you know, content. So I, I I dug it. I did feel like this show needed a like recap before though. I I don't know why I didn't have that for this. Maybe I watched it on Hulu. I don't know if maybe if you watched it on ABC they had that, but like 
they don't really give you much in terms of like what yeah, happened. Yeah, I had to piece together what was happening. Like you just step right in. You're like, we're on go, and look, like, it's 13 episodes, so they don't have the time. I guess they think, and maybe they don't. But I think I could have used that. I think I'll probably end up kind of going back and could maybe watching the last episode of season six again just to kind of get a better feel when I watch uh, episode two. But man, I love this show. I love the uh, the actors and the cast that are involved. I'm excited to see where this goes. We didn't get Fitz this episode. He's one of my favorites. That's unfortunate, but um, he's out doing important stuff. So we'll we'll link up with him at some point. Yeah, man. I uh, it took me a little while to get back into it too. It took me a little while because they didn't have any kind of recap. I there wasn't anything. Yep. Um, so I was just like, uh, wait, what happened? But eventually, I kind of pieced everything together because I remember I was remembering everything that happened last season. Um, but man, this show is just so much better than everything else. Yeah, you know, and it still is. I mean, just watching even this episode, I was, uh, and I agree, all the characters, the chemistry is just great. Yeah. The characters themselves are great. Yeah, it's like it's like the Spurs, you know. It really is. Like year fifteen yeah. at Duncan, you know. Duncan, Ginobili, Parker. Duncan, Ginobili, Parker. I agree. <laughs> you know, they may not be like in their prime, but they just know what everything, what everyone's gonna do. Duncan, Ginobili, Parker, uh, Pop, or Ori, Bruce Bowen. Yeah, Bruce Bowen. Um, you know, David Robinson when every day yeah, Robinson exactly. was there. I mean, it's just everyone has their role. Mac. Uh, yeah. everybody, man, everybody is just is amazing. Yeah, the the Chronicoms, which I didn't know how I feel about them kind of being the central villain, but I'm digging it. Yeah, and the and the fact that they're trying to protect Hydra. Yeah, was a great twist. I didn't see that coming, that even though I should have. Even though I know they teased Hydra, you know, at the end of last season. Yeah, with this and with the trailers and whatnot with this season, um. But I did not see that coming. So, I mean, this show keeps it going with the twists and the turns and, and um, you know, them being in the past, but also having all this crazy futuristic tech. Uh, and and there's going to be another kind of legend situation where they're dealing with historical figures as well. And yeah, the FDR. Different historical. Cool. FDR being there, that was cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is, you know, this show is just this show is just something else. They do every, they, they do everything right, so I'm I have very very high expectations for this season, um, and uh, I'm looking forward to the next episode. Yeah, I um, I I I was I was a big fan of this episode. Um, I was a little I don't say I was worried about the season, but look, a very long layoff, uh, into a show that's going into a lame duck season. You know, you kind of it's. It's an awkward position to go into, you know. It's not a 100%. I'm going to go in with a thousand, you know, with the with the biggest amount of hype for this series. But, um, but it, the show quickly reminds you why it, it why it's as good as it, as it's been over the last four or five seasons. Um, I think when you talk about uh, the thing that I noticed the most that I appreciated was Colson being Colson. You know, I think yeah. Carter Gregg did a good job last season playing, you know, whoever he was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the song, sorry. Uh, yeah, Sarge, you know, but Colson being Colson, where he's an LMD or whatever, still was very much appreciated. Oh, I love it. You know, you kind of forget how great of a character Colson is. And now he's kind of, even though he's Colson, he's, he's now kind of 
in the periphery. Like he's not running exactly. the joint. Yes. It's it's an interesting dynamic. So it adds a f- layer of freshness. I don't feel like we're going back in time. And, no pun intended. and you feel like the Colson personality is kind of like, he always kind of has a smirk. He's like, all right, let's see how this goes. Yeah. Let's see how Mac it's does. It's Colson. It's Colson. Yeah. You know, it's, it's crazy. And Colson's already, all, always, he's always been a little robotic to begin with. So like it, it <laughs> exactly. plays perfectly. Um, now, I also, I think to me, I also felt like it's hard. I also felt like Colson as an LMD taking orders felt almost more like Avengers Colson. Like it wasn't right. So much, it, it wasn't like, so much like I'm in charge and I make tough decisions. It's like I'm part of the team, and like it was a it was a twist because we've seen Colson kind of head of the head of the team in charge for like previous season one. He hasn't been the same Colson that we saw in Avengers. This was him probably closer to that. Not that he was exactly like that, but. Like, I, that, even that part, I was like, okay. And, again, like, Clark Gregg and the nuances in his acting is, like, is really yeah. good. Tom Cavanaugh, man. Yeah. Legend of the game. Uh, Hall of Famers. <laughs> but, yeah, no. Nah, yeah, and Shamari mentions the period aspect of it. I thought it was interesting. You know, I, I see EJ's point, you know, about some of the kind of things where you're like, oh, I don't know if that would happen like that. Um, I thought the Daisy scene was good. I thought it was cool because I, I think about it, I thought about it from the sense of like, well, yes, that wouldn't happen in a normal in a normal setting during that time period. Like we're also talking about like Daisy now already a, a, a you know, an, an aggressive character or an aggressive kind of figure to begin with. Uh, but coming from the era that she's in now. Like, of course, like she's going to have. She's gonna, she's gonna be the one that's gonna say screw that. Like, yeah, dare you to fight me? Now maybe the guy would. Now maybe the guy would be like, who are you? Like, yeah, maybe there would be a scrap. But, right. but like, but then that comes to the to the conversation of like, yeah, but the guy's not gonna hit a woman, you know, and that, those types of things. So like, I think it was, I, I think it was, you know, a scene that played out mostly accurately, you know, and the guy was probably so caught off guard, he was like, what? <laughs> all right, my bad, you know. But I thought it was cool. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it just like all of these shows now, if you got a black character going back into the past, they got to make the joke about, you know, the black character being in the twenties or being in the thirties, you have to know. do it. Cause you ignore it. It's like, I mean, this is 2020. So look where we're at now. Yeah, I know. Right. I <laughs> know. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, you see, but, but, uh, regardless, um, yeah, I thought the period aspect worked well. Um, so are they going to be jumping? They're going to be jumping through time. It seems it's like, it's hard to tell. Uh, I don't I, know. I know because I don't know if I want a 1930s primarily. Exactly. I would prefer a Legend of Tomorrow type thing rather than Agent Carter. <laughs> you know, like if you, they told me, yeah, they're jumping through time. I think that, that works for this season. I think there could be a lot of cool things, some cool Marvel Easter eggs thrown in there. Um, and that's what that's the biggest hope. I don't know if we're going to get. I'm still pessimistic about it, but I'm hoping that we get more Marvel tie-in. Um, well, especially since we're, with, since we're in a lame duck situation, you would think that, yo, might as well just kind of yeah. go it's, all in. No crazy stuff in there. You know, like Feige, what was Feige going to do? Cancel the joint? <laughs> it's already canceled. So, um, so yeah, I, 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 thought it was a good, I thought it was a good episode. Um, yeah, the FDR stuff was cool. Uh, you, you kind of forget how long FDR had polio. You know how long he kind of yes. was was you know paralyzed mm-hmm. essentially. You know you think that oh when he was president he was kind of you know getting sick, but he he had been sick for a really long time. They, they I'm glad that they kind of showed that um, 
you know, it wasn't just like some propaganda joint where FDR was, you know, they were misrepresenting history. Um, so yeah, I I, uh, I thought this was a good episode. Uh, I thought a lot of the aspects of it were cool. I'm a little worried about the Chronicons being a lame villain, but we'll see. You know, yeah, uh, we'll see. see. We'll see if there's another layer to this. They, they mentioned Hydra. They mentioned Malik. You know, so there's some interesting things there. Uh, I, I like the stuff with Pat and Oswald. I thought that was funny. You know, see his character. Yeah. yeah, seeing him like as like a jerk. Like, yeah, he's totally players. different than the rest of his characters. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is this was this was dope. Um Hey, have you guys heard about I don't want to like give anything away, but have you guys heard about the Agent Carter tie-in? No. Um no, I I have not. Yeah. So I won't I won't I won't go too into that, but um that this should be it should be interesting this season. Yeah, you know. Captain America showing up. <laughs> They're going to be like, "Oh, where's Peggy?" <laughs> <laughs> No. I gotta watch. I gotta watch. Man, maybe that'll be. Maybe that's, a, maybe that's the thing I do tonight or soon. I gotta watch Agent Carter season two. Yeah, I still never finished it. Never, never finished it. I, we got. I never finished Jessica Jones or Punisher season. There are Punisher. some people that feel like season two. Captain America. No, not Captain America. I think it was. I guess Endgame or one of these movies. I guess just the Marvel universe in general. Uh, that they've introduced the Russo brothers is kind of introduced as a stepped on what happened to the Agent Carter. For people that have seen it. Because I know do the whole thing with the Captain America stuff and Steve Rogers, but she has a love interest in the show. So it's like, what happened to that guy? All right. Yeah. <laughs> so people, you guys just gonna throw away Agent Carter for the sake of Captain America? Which they have no problem doing. Because again, yeah, fight fights to TV division, but it's unfortunate because Agent Carter was so good, and I think it, it it amplified what they created with Captain America. Yes. And Peggy Carter. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that's a good place to wrap the show, though, guys. So thank you guys for listening in to this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. You can always catch all of our shows on New Generation Podcast Network, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. You can also catch us uh, our YouTube video, New Generation Media, on YouTube. You can follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, New Generation Pod, Instagram, New Generation Podcast. And on Facebook, New Generation Media. Shamari can be found on Snapchat, Instagram, MCSham22. I can be found on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart. And on Instagram, Action EJ. Thank you guys once again for listening in. Shamari, for Kendall, I'm EJ. Take it easy.